Oh my gosh, you guys. I'm so excited. This is the best. Hello and welcome to the Gemcast. I'm your host, Alex Knight, and this is episode 23. Today I'm joined by Aline Sims, founder of the Less Than or Equal podcast and science fiction writer Kay Tempest Bradford. In episode 23, The Gem Jam Part 1, The Misfits Plot to Ruin the Gem Jam, a benefit concert Gem is planning by tricking Luna Dark into coming with them, while Chrissy must deal with Lena Lerner's spoiled son, Dominic. And Bonnie is sure that Randy James, a red-haired drummer, is her father. Stay tuned for an action-packed episode. Episode 23, the first in a two-part series, finally written by gem creator Christy Marks. What do you guys think about that? Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. I love this episode so much. It's going to be so great. I I was telling Tempest that this is really the first time I think that I've seen like the Christy Marks vision for Jim and the Holograms. I really liked these two episodes together and I I liked them individually as well since we're we're talking about them separately. But but yeah, I was I was like, oh, this this has a cohesive plot that makes sense. And (laughs) I'm, I'm not questioning why there's a race car and why Jim is driving that. And, you know, it was it was nice. Yeah, I agree. There was very little from my side that I could complain about in this episode. I thought for me, this was, as far as the two episodes are concerned, th- these definitely were the best episodes that we've had so far this season. Yeah, I And agree. just mm-hmm. overall, very, very strongly written. This is, oh my gosh, you guys, I'm so excited. This is the best. We open at a by invitation only banquet hosted by Gem and the Holograms, where they plan on announcing a benefit concert with some special guests. The Misfits are anxiously awaiting Jem's announcement as the benefit has been kept secret. Eric Raymond has brought TechRat with him, who gives Clash a special camera that will wirelessly send whatever footage she takes to a mobile screen so that the rest of the Misfits can see what's going on. It's pretty high tech for 1986 or whatever year this is. They were periscoping. I still question the even need for this because there are a bunch of TV stations there broadcasting this. Why didn't they just kick back at home and watch the local CBS coverage of Jem's announcement? Because they never want to do anything the easy way. Oh, okay. Well, and- and just because they were there recording doesn't mean it was like a real-time thing, too. But they needed it right then. Clash is disguised as a reporter and makes an attempt to find out what's going on at the banquet. Before Clash can enter, she sees Bonnie and lies about her father, asking to see her in the lobby. Not knowing that Bonnie doesn't know her father, Clash's plan works. Bonnie asks Clash if he had red hair, and naturally Clash goes along with it and acknowledges. Bonnie runs off. In the lobby, Ashley finds Bonnie and asks why she ran off. Bonnie says a lady told her that her father was waiting for her, but Ashley tries to explain she doesn't have one. Bonnie is understandably upset as this is a sensitive subject for her. All Bonnie seems to know about her father is that he was an American and had red hair. She vows to find her father someday. So Clash is the worst. Because Clash, yeah. Clash knows that those girls are foster girls. They don't have families. That is not okay, Clash. Clash is designated the worst at this moment in the episode. She's just such a terrible person. And poor Bunny. She just, she's so, like, her desperation to to find her father is so great. And it's so heartbreaking. And, and she's, like, such a sweet little kid. And then Ashley is the worst 
for coming along and being like, but you don't have a father. Everybody has a father. She might not know who her father is, but everybody has a father other girl who is also an orphan quit being mean in the dining hall chrissy offers refreshments to some of the guests but a young boy sporting a leather jacket rudely asks her for a drink jem takes the stage and announces the gem jam a benefit concert featuring many talented musicians including the grandmaster of rhythm and blues rowan owens now i'm not sure if it's rowan or roland uh originally i had wrote, written it down as rowan but i think it's I couldn't roland. exactly Let's, it's Roland. Okay, so look, let's be real. Let's here. go with that. No, no, no. We're not going to go with that because let's be real here. <laughs> That's Stevie, Stevie Wonder. Wonder. That's Stevie Wonder. We all know it's Stevie Wonder. And for the rest of this podcast and the next one, I refuse to call anybody by these fake names. That's Stevie Wonder, and we're just going to call him that. Okay. Well, I'm I'm going to go with what I wrote down, and uh, if you uh, when you talk about them, you can call them whatever you like. I warned you. <laughs> Well, in addition to Roland Owens, uh, we also have Ron Cox, Lena Lerner, with her son Dominic, <laughs> and Luna Tark. These are the dumbest names. <laughs> so this what this is why I'm saying. And not only like she didn't like Jim is all like Mr. Lips and Hips himself. He's supposed to be Mick Jagger, right? Right. And then Lena Lerner. I think that we can all figure out who that might be. But then I wondered. I wondered if that was like an amalgamation of Tina Turner and like Lena Horn. No, that's definitely no, Tina Turner. Just I mean, Tina look, Turner. I mean, look at her hair. Right. Like, but, her hair, yeah, she's clearly Tina Turner. And also like how muscular she is. Like they really drew her like as a big, tall, muscular lady with giant hair. Like that's that's Tina Turner. And Luna Dark is clearly Madonna. Right. Luna Dark is Madonna. And then um, the king of rock and roll, which once again, I have so many issues with this. The, the king of rock and roll is not Bruce Springsteen, but that guy that whatever his name is, he's supposed to be Bruce Springsteen. I know we're we're coming to that in just uh, a second. Actually, she hasn't announced the full lineup at this point. Mm. After watching Jem's announcement, the Misfits are baffled at how Jem managed to secure such top talent for the concert. They want to retaliate, but don't have any clue what to do. Eric Raymond steps in and tells them to wear some special costumes he's prepared and that they should just trust him. Stormer is taken aback by the clearly unfashionable and horrible designs of the outfits. <laughs> Inspired by Let's just Tron. take a sec to talk about those outfits. Oh, Our... Tron. <laughs> oh, my God. They look like something out of, yeah, like futuristic, like may maybe Tron or, yeah. I don't know. It's it's not okay. It's not a good look. I don't even know why Pizzazz agreed to put that on her body because it's not a good look. Whatever. When we see the full vision for it, it's pretty cool. Like <laughs> we, we've just got to wait and see see what happens. Jim announces the final guest, Johnny Deacon. <laughs> Johnny Deacon. Ashley and the other Starlight girls are pushed out of the way as a few people rush to the stage, and a man pushes Ashley aside and says, "Look out, little girl." <laughs> Ashley vows that someday people will be asking for her photo. Mm -hmm. She sure does. <laughs> and we cut to a music video, not by Jim and the Holograms, not by the Misfits, but by Ashley called I Can See Me. Ashley I like it. Starlights. Ashley and the Starlights. Uh -huh. Have to get it right, Alex, because you see she's I'm a sorry. band. I forgot about the Starlights. No credit. Would, would you forget about the Holograms? Right. But no, you forgot you're right. about the Starlights? My mistake. No, uh, but yeah, so then we get... I Can See Me, which is the best song. Aaliyah, back me up. Yeah, I like it. I do. I like, she's, I mean, it's this little kid, and she's super, super excited, and yes. she's, you know, got her vision for the future, and I really, really like it. I'm, I'm sorry, Alex. 
I'm sorry. You're wrong. It's such a great song. I little eight year old me ran around the house singing this song, talking about how I was going to be a star someday. Uh, it was this is a great song. Yeah, well, little eight year old me was running around thinking about how awesome the Misfits are. Whatever, the Misfits never had a song as awesome as I can see me. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. But like the Misfits are all about like gimme, gimme, gimme. And Ashley's like, look at the stuff I can do. And I just, it's so sweet. It's so, it's it's so sweet. It's so much the adorbs. And I will say I was, when I did um, my gem rewatch on Twitter, I said to people, I said, if you guys, if you listeners out there, if 10 of you leave a rating for this podcast uh, on iTunes or, or other places where you can leave ratings. I don't know a lot about them, like Stitcher, <laughs> I guess, or whatever. But if 10 of you leave a rating, it doesn't matter which rating, just rate us. If you leave a rating, I will get on YouTube and I will sing this song <gasps> for you all. Yes. Well, you heard I it love here. It. I love you heard it. it here, people. Get on the that. Best song. I-, I think everybody wants to hear that, regardless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we've certainly had our, uh, our, I wouldn't say our fill, but we, we've we've had some samples of the singing here that have never aired. It's good stuff. Honestly. It's from the heart. All right. So I think we're done with that. I mean, there's nothing that spectacular about the video. I mean, it's the daydreams of a of a young girl, right? So it's a pretty good video, too. Mm-hmm. Totes adorbs. Mm-hmm. The misfits disrupt the banquet as they walk in wearing ridiculous body hugging latex suits. With a multitude of obscenely bright flashing lasers. I, I just object. wrote down latex because they look like latex. I object to the word ridiculous. <laughs> oh, they're awesome, apparently. I, I object to the word. You you could you could have omitted that word and it would have been a perfectly fine sentence and less biased and more accurate toward my true feelings about the awesome Tron bodysuits. <laughs> I was simply worried about the lasers. I was thinking about how Synergy's lasers nearly killed a man. <laughs> I was like, Did those, are those lasers safe? Or are they like Synergy's lasers and all the Starlight Girls are going to die? Um, I hope that they've learned their Pizzazz Plus lasers lesson and they're just like, you know, the light kind without, you know, a bunch of flesh searing energy behind it. Let's hope so. I think everyone knows that lasers are dangerous and should never be pointed at somebody's eyes. Well, the Misfits try to divert the crowd's attention by announcing their new improved look. Jem is furious that the Misfits have crashed the event and dismisses their involvement in the Jem Jam when Johnny Deacon asks if they're part of it. This is a very interesting thing that happens next. A mob of angry punks who happen to be staunch Gem fans crash the party. They start questioning who is a real Gem fan and begin attacking several cameramen, destroying their equipment. Pizzazz tells Gem that she sure has some creepy friends. However, Gem denies any relation with them. As some of the guests follow Clash and the Misfits, Aja uses her martial arts training to take down one of the thugs. And this is the first time, as far as I'm concerned that we've ever seen her use any kind of martial arts skills she does she even goes hi yeah it was is kind of hilarious but it, basically 
all of all of the holograms are like, ah, let's get these guys. Like they're all wearing fancy dresses, but they're all like, we go kick somebody's butt. Mm-hmm. And so they go and they proceed to kick somebody's butt. And the guy that Aja threw, I don't know if you two noticed, he's like a dude from Dragon Ball Z. No, I didn't notice that. <laughs> no. Yeah, it was like I, you know, she throws him to the ground, and it's like he, he's the blonde one from Dragon Ball Z. I don't watch Dragon Ball Z, unfortunately, but I recognize him because like it was very clearly that character. I was like, whoa. Was that an homage? Was somebody confused about what show they were draw they were animating? What is happening here? <laughs> it's been a rough week. Right. But yeah, was, but yeah, Aja Aja throws some dude to the ground. They're all kicking even Tina Turner gets in on it. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's a it's a bit of a battle. Jim notices some of the punks trying to steal the holograms' equipment, but quickly quashes their attempt by using synergy to make the guitars look like they're monsters. Rio and Johnny kick out a few punks while the rest of the holograms and the starlight girls work together to capture the remaining few. And Jem uh, says, Synergy, I need some punk repellent. Oh my god. I wonder where these punks could have come from. Who could have sent them to this lovely party that Jem was having? I just don't know. The punk repellent thing was really the only line I objected to, I think, in the whole episode. But they look like punks. Well, sure. They're like 80s punks. But repellent? They're not wasps. They're people i don't know like it's a really bad joke it's a really bad it's a joke. really bad joke yeah i didn't i didn't like it but it's the only line i objected to so i'm okay it's good sure well we're still off to a good start as far as the quality of the episode so far so let's see how things pan out jim invites the jim jam guests to stay at starlight mansion chrissy tries to make friends with dominic by being incredibly polite but when she introduces herself, he commands her to handle his bag and walks away. He's the worst. Chrissy grabs Dominic's bag and follows him up the stairs, but Dominic won't have it. He tells Chrissy that she blew her chance at being nice to him and that she shouldn't bother trying anymore. Dominic reaches uh, Chrissy's room and decides to take it upon himself to claim her room as his for the remainder of his stay. And Chrissy says, he's a horrible arrogant pest you know what's really mm-hmm. funny about this it really is when uh when dominic was introduced on the stage at the gem jam announcement you know he's I mean, leading, michael he's, he's tina turner's son and that's that's little michael jackson like that's a 12 year old michael jackson mm-hmm. he even moonwalked he was like yeah mm-hmm. dominic and then he moonwalked and i was like this is about to be amazing little nappy-headed dark 12 year old michael jackson and he's the jerk it's amazing it's amazing yeah, but was Michael Jackson that much of an asshole? No, Michael Jackson was actually probably never that much that kind of asshole as a kid. He, by all accounts, was like the sweetest little little person ever. They just needed an antagonist. And they were like, well, he'll be a little boy and he'll be Tina Turner's son. So that means that he has to be black. And so I guess that means he's Michael Jackson because there are no other black people. Well, Johnny settles in in one of the guest bedrooms and he asks Jerrica if she can send Jem to meet him and his drummer. On the staircase, we see Bonnie watching over the other Starlight girls and guests who appear preoccupied with other things. She daydreams about what it would be like having a father. And now that cues up a song by Bonnie called A Father Should Be, which I think this is a popular song with the fans. And I know uh, I actually recently discovered that Ari Gold did the voice or did the singing voice anyways. Let me tell you, this is the most... This song is the best song. It's even better than I Can See Me, except for the the weird Ching Chong Asian music part of it. Like, 
it's not. Isn't that kind of a nod to David Bowie? Is it? There's a David Bowie song famously with that with that sound. Maybe. I, it, if it was a nod to David Bowie, fine. But I was just like, uh, that thingy. But the rest of the song, like the the actual melody, is really beautiful, and the song itself is just really heartbreaking. With you know Bonnie talking about all these things that father should be, like she's been daydreaming about this man that she's never met and only heard of, you know, her entire life. And she just has all these ideas about, about what kind of person he would be and what they would do together. And then there's that whole scene at the end where she's like, she's imagining herself as a child in Vietnam during the war and, you know, being surrounded by destruction and death and whatever, and being saved by this American soldier. But then he leaves her and I'm just like, Oh my God. It's so sad and beautiful mm-hmm. all at the same time. It's just, uh, your heart just breaks for Bonnie. It just breaks. I, I was really moved pieces. by it. I got to be honest. Like, I, I choke up when I hear that song. And also, when I watch the video, it affects me even more with just yeah. the, seeing the visual elements of it. Mm-hmm. And it's really well animated. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned this before. I mean, in some of the music videos, it seems like more of the budget seems to go towards the videos to make them look exceptional. And this is definitely one of those good examples where clearly they spent more time on this. Yeah, she like, you know, at the beginning of it, there's all these like really great pan shots. And there's for some reason coming from somewhere wind. And so her hair is like blowing over her face and stuff. It's all just really, really well done. Um, and yeah, this is this is why everybody loves this song. Because it's just it's there's so much great about it in the video as well. Indeed. Well, Randy James, Johnny Deacon's drummer, is introduced to Jim. Bonnie sees the redheaded drummer and mistakes him for her father. So she runs over to Randy and gives him a hug. Elsewhere at Misfits Music, the Misfits are instructed by Eric to release balloons that are branded with their logo. Eric seems to be convinced that this will help promote the band. But the Misfits think he's gone soft in the head. And those are Pizzazz's exact words, by the way. She's such a sensitive individual. Oh, indeed. Mm. At Starlight Mansion, the holograms, Starlight Girls and Randy are playing a game of volleyball. Randy makes a winning shot and we see Bonnie, his own personal fan, cheering from the sidelines. Johnny lands a helicopter in the backyard and asks Jim if she wants a ride. No, no, no. As you do. No, no, no. Wait a minute. We can't get to this helicopter ride until we talk about this business with Rio. And I know that you have been studiously avoiding <gasps> Rio. Oh, Rio. Because Rio How is the worst. Not? He Rio does look a little bit jealous. No, no, no. He, says it, he doesn't just look a little bit jealous. Like, let's break it down. Because actually, at the end of the whole thing, where the misfits have destroyed, like, the announcement of the Jim Cham, and then they beat up all the thugs and they kick them out, like... Um, um, you know, they say something about, oh, those misfits. And then Bruce Springsteen wraps his arm around Jim. He's like, hey, babe, it's all going to be all right. And then they walk mm-hmm. off together. And then the camera slides to Rio, who mm-hmm. has his jealous man face on. And can we just why? Why do we even need this? Why? Why? Why is this even part of this episode? Why? So then when we get to the volleyball part. And they're all playing volleyball and it's very cute and bunny and blah, blah, blah. Rio walks up wearing the most ridiculous hat in the universe. Like, it's not a fedora, but it might as well be. And he's like, uh, I'm here to talk to Bruce Springsteen about some stuff. And Jim's like, you want to play some volleyball? He's like, maybe later. He's already pissed. He is pissed and jealous and nothing has even happened. And so when Bruce Springsteen flies in in a helicopter for no good reason, and he's like, hey, Jim, come take a helicopter ride with me for no good reason. Rio is even more pissed. It is just this entire thing is to make us 
feel for Rio and his pissedness, but it's stupid because he shouldn't be pissed. Well, I mean, from our perspective, of course, it it looks unreasonable or for no good reason, like you're saying. But from his perspective, it probably is a big deal because some people I'm not excusing his behavior or saying it or justifying it in any way. I'm just saying some people get jealous really easily. I mean, I'll I'll be the first to admit, like when when I was in my like late teens, early 20s, I I wouldn't necessarily have called myself a jealous person, but if I was dating a girl and a guy would like just walk up to the girl that I was like seeing and wrap his arms around her like that, it would infuriate me. And that's the reality. Some people just get like that. That's some toxic masculinity, Alex. I think that mm-hmm. you need to have Chrissy have a talk with you about that as she does mm-hmm. with Dominic. Yeah, well, later. I mean, in my younger days, I was pretty much Rio, so. But I've, I'm cured. I'm better now. I shaved my purple beard off. I'm fine. Anyway, so helicopters. On the rooftop of Misfits Music, the Misfits release the balloons just as the helicopter flies overhead. The balloons get caught in the blades, causing uh, Johnny to temporarily lose control. Fortunately for both of them, though, the engines fire up again after several attempts, and control of the helicopter is regained. Did anyone find it a little peculiar how those balloons managed to get jammed up in those helicopter blades? Like, I just don't see that happening. Yeah, I think it was a... A commercial is coming. It's time to put Jem's life in danger. Helicopters and balloons. That sounds about right. Let's do it. Yeah, this is this is a formula for this show, for sure. But like, keep coming back. Of all the things that the misfits have done, could you imagine like Jem Jem dying because of balloons they released <laughs> as a publicity? That would stunt? be hilarious. <laughs> but uh, this, uh, uh. Well, clearly, I mean, this was not intentional on their part. This was right. just like they happened to release them, not realizing they were overhead. Right. And can you just just like pizzazz? You know, you know, she wouldn't be upset. She'd be just like, of all the effing things I tried, it's the balloons. It's the balloons. And like we unintentionally released these, you know, we didn't know this was going to happen and they died. Of all the times they tried to kill her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Actually, I don't think she'd be upset. She'd just be like, finally. And then she'd go dance on Jim's grave. Right? Wow, this got dark. <laughs> this is not a cheery episode. It's really, really not. No, it, not. you're right. It's not. No. It's a bit of a downer overall. Well, both episodes, both part one and part two are. Well, let's move on. At Starlight Mansion, when Jem returns in the helicopter with Johnny, they discover the accident was caused by the misfits and their balloons. Rio consoles Jem after being shaken up. Johnny asks the group if the misfits are always this much trouble, and the holograms say they always are, and then awkwardly laugh it off, which I found very strange. Yeah, that was weird. It was just, I don't know. I feel like that was there were a lot of things that that formed this particular section of the episode that were sort of like, uh, we need a weird, we need a danger cliffhanger. And then, oh, it's resolved and it's fine. La, la, la. Let's get back to the other thing. I mean, notice how quickly the whole Rio is jealous of Bruce Springsteen thing goes away as soon as Jem runs to him. She's like, oh, Rio, I thought I'd never see you again. I'm like, what about your sister? What about your sisters? Were you sad about never seeing them again? You're the worst. Jem mm-hmm. is not designated the worst until somebody else comes along and is the worst. The Misfits, Eric, and Tekrat wait for Clash to arrive at an abandoned warehouse with news of where and when Luna Dark will be arriving. 
Clash shows up with Luna's flight information, and Techrat programs the data into some kind of electronic device. He instructs Pizzazz that all she has to do is point and press the button. Can I say how thrilled I am that Techrat is back? Techrat is back. <laughs> like I saw him, and I was like, "Yes!" In his this tech cave. In his, his tech, tech ca- cave. I, it really is. <laughs> really is, and I loved it. Yeah, it seems like a pretty good setup he's got going. Yeah, seriously. Funded by who, do you think? Eric, Eric Raymond. No, 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 not Eric Raymond. The Raymond crime family. Because Eric Raymond doesn't have <laughs> enough money for all that. <laughs> I'm telling you. Has anyone noticed that he wears the same suit all the time? Because tech Either tech he's people... poor and he has one suit that he washes frequently, or he's like Superman and, and he has like a closet of like a hundred <laughs> of the same suit. I think it's actually a much simpler. Are you talking about Eric? Yes, yes, oh, okay. Eric. Uh, I think it's much simpler than that. I think that there is a, a, a uniform for the Raymond crime family. Mm-hmm. Even though he's Fredo, he still has to wear the uniform. Jim and the holograms head to the airport to meet up with Luna Dark as she arrives at Gate 2. The misfits are also at the airport, disguised as limousine drivers. Pizzazz uses Techrat's device to scramble the flight arrival and gate information so as to divert the holograms. Luna Dark clears customs and is greeted by the misfits who claim to be their limousine drivers. So mm-hmm. here's the thing. I realized that, that Pizzazz's plan was to make it so that Madonna didn't get to Jem and she would instead take Madonna to her mansion and la la la. What was the rest of that plan? Did she really think that Madonna was just going to be like, yeah, I'm cool just hanging out here. I mean, I had a gig that I was supposed to attend, but uh, it's OK if I just hang out here with you. I just, I don't know what was up next um, for Pizzazz after that. But I, I also do feel as though Madonna probably would not have been part of the Gem Jam. I feel like Madonna would totally hang out with Pizzazz. Don't you think Madonna think so. of the 80s would totally be hanging with Pizzazz and not hanging mm-hmm. with Gem? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how long that relationship would last, but maybe for a little while. Yeah, I mean, it would be like until, really, until the misfits got like really crazy and she found out, like realized who, who she was dealing with. I, I don't think that Madonna would care about that. Mm-mm. No. Uh, well, uh, you know, I don't remember Madonna ever mounting a bulldozer and going after people. So although she did have like triangular pointy bras that she wore live. So I don't know. I think she poked some eyes out with those. Mm-hmm. But Madonna in the 80s, though, she was she was just trying to like you know, just be the most badass version of herself that she could be. So I, I don't know if she, I think that she would laugh off bulldozers. She'd be like, ha ha ha, bulldozers and children, whatever. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm Madonna. I only have one name. Also, I just feel like she and Pizzazz would have this amazing musical collaboration and also bisexual uh, relationship where it would just be like, even if she was, you know, angry pizzazz or just couldn't deal with her or was like yelling at her about bulldozers, then it would all end up like as a fight and then end up in the bed and then they would have like this amazing sex and then they would write a song and then there would be a video about it. Well, there's some fan fiction fuel. <laughs> it's interesting though, when Luna arrives and, and meets the misfits, she she questions them and asks what happened to Jem, but the misfits make an excuse that she's always unreliable. Now she just kind of goes along with it, but I'm surprised that she didn't ask for ID or anything. Actually, I shouldn't be surprised. That's just what happens in the show. <laughs> yeah, this, this, these people don't ask for ID. What? It's like, did ID not exist in, in the 80s? Come on now. Jim and the holograms watch as the misfits drive off with Luna Dark. 
Jem decides to chase after them alone in the Rock and Roadster. So I guess Shayna, Aja, and Kimber have to take a cab back home. I don't understand what's happening here. Why couldn't the rest of the band come along in the car? They could have just walked home because this city, wherever it is, is the size of a postage stamp. And so they were probably only three blocks away. Sandy Angeles, like you normally say. Right. Mm-hmm. East Coast. Jem uses Synergy to disguise herself as Pizzazz and the Rocking Roadster as the Black Misfits van. Jem drives up to the Gabor estate entrance and demands to be let in. The security guard is at first confused as he just saw Pizzazz enter, but after demanding to be let in, he lets Jem through anyway. And Jem attempts to infiltrate the Gabor estate, but a pack of guard dogs attack her. Will Jem survive? Stay tuned for the conclusion in the Gem Jam Part 2. And any other closing thoughts from the two of you on this episode? There were only two songs. Dun, dun, dun. I love this episode so much. Mm, it's getting interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can love- you imagine as a kid having to wait an excruciatingly long week to see part two conclusion? Actually, they showed these every day when I was a kid. I don't remember it ever being weekly. It was like the next day. You must have seen it in at that point when it was, you know, during reruns. Mm-mm. When it was first run, it was. Um, at least where where I was living, it was always uh, a daily thing. It was the same with Transformers and GI Joe. Oh man, it's it's too long ago. I can't I can't even comment because I kids, don't I don't really remember. Kids wouldn't wait a week to learn about stuff. That's for Saturday I, I mornings. Cartoons were a, like a Saturday morning kind of thing. That's what some, I remember. Some cartoons were a Saturday morning thing, but not Gem and Transformers and GI Joe. Those were after school afternoon TV shows. Um, so they had to be on every day. You think there's anyone that only watched part one and then like never watched Jem again and then just assume that Jem dies? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe she will die. We Maybe don't know she will until die. part two. But, but what are, so the things I love about this episode are the fact that the Starlight Girls get to sing their own songs. And then of course, like Bonnie's beautiful song about what a father should be. And... Also, as Aline was mentioning, how like everything hangs together, even though like that helicopter thing was really weird and Rio is the worst. Um, but yeah, just everything really hangs together really well. And then you get to like, you know, Jem being attacked by dogs and you're like, oh, what's going to happen? And then you have to wait for tomorrow. Dun, dun, dun. All right. Well, I guess that's it then. <laughs> <laughs> Aline. Alec. Are you a hologram? I am not a hologram. It's very disappointing. And I think our entire listener base just sighed. I'm sorry. But I mean, someone has to be not a hologram. It's me. Yeah, you need you need human beings to keep them in check, right? Right. You're to serve them. One of the two. If people would like to learn a little bit more about what you do, Aline, I know you have a podcast. I do have a podcast. I know you write. I know you do lots of other things on the internet. Why don't you point people in the direction where they need to go? You can find me rambling on Twitter at twitter.com slash Aline. It's A-L-E-E-N. Um, I also have a podcast called Less Than or Equal, where I talk to cool thing, cool things about their geeky projects or cool people about their geeky projects. Um, and you can find that at less than or equal dot com. And then I also occasionally blog at aleanmean.com. I've always wanted to listen to a podcast where somebody talks to an inanimate, cool object. That is something <laughs> that we could maybe arrange. There's got to be a niche for that. I'm sure. Well, Tempest, this week, have I don't know if you've given it any thought, but are you a hologram? I am not a hologram. I'm a starlight girl. That's a new one. I don't have red hair. Sorry. Ooh. Nor am I father material. <laughs> not if I like the misfits. That's right. 
That's right. You're maybe stepdad material if you like the misfits. Uncle is probably the closest I could cut it. <laughs> well, where can people find your work? I understand you're a writer. I understand you do video stuff somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's so, not that hard to find. It's not. If you go to my website, ktempestbradford.com, you will find um, all of my various uh, pursuits. I'm going to have a lot of new videos up by the time that this podcast goes live uh, as we roll into the beginning of November. And I also, you can also find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash tiny tempest. Um, and you can also find me on Facebook and Tumblr and a bunch of other places. If you just go to ktempestbradford.com and my YouTube channel is linked from there, there's going to be all sorts of cool stuff. And oh, also, as I mentioned earlier, I do a gem rewatch every week, uh, now on Wednesdays, starting at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. And I just, you know, I watch the gem episodes usually for this podcast and I talk about them and everybody loves it and you should join in. And this is on Twitter. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, is it hashtag gem rewatch? Mm-hmm. That's it. All one word, gem rewatch. Awesome. So everyone should follow that. And as for myself, I am not a hologram because I do feel that they need to be kept in check. And, you know, I'm not 100% satisfied or confident in the AI abilities just yet. So for now, I am going to monitor their progress and make sure that nothing nefarious happens and that they don't take over the world. I think that's good. I think that's appropriate. Indeed. And if you'd like to find my writing, I am at zerodistraction.com. I'm also on Twitter at zero distraction, same user handle pretty much everywhere. And uh, I also podcast on another show called The Impromptu, and you can follow that on Twitter at The Impromptu for show updates. And as far as our show is concerned, if you're on Twitter, do go ahead and follow us on Twitter for show updates and other fun stuff at Gem Podcast. We're also on Facebook at Gem Podcast and I believe I created a Google Plus account, so we're there as well. We're pr we're pretty much in all the places that count, although I'm probably being a little too generous to uh, Google Plus because they keep losing people all the time. They can't lose people. You can't leave Google Plus. If you have a Gmail account, you have mm, Google yeah, Plus. Yeah, well, that might be changing. That mm. might be changing. We'll see. Please do leave us a rating on iTunes. Uh, that is the most important place that you could possibly do it. And that's iTunes is like the central hub for all podcasts. So please look us up there uh, under Gemcast, all one word, and leave us a rating. We would sincerely appreciate that. If you'd like to get in touch with any of the hosts here, you can contact us at gemcast.tv forward slash contact. And if you'd like to help the show out and donate, you can do that as well by going to gemcast.tv forward slash donate. Anything you can contribute would be immensely helpful. And that's it for this week. Show's over, Synergy.